This is the God in All Things podcast, delving into the everyday from the lens of Ignatian spirituality. For resources on Ignatian spirituality, prayer, and discernment, visit GodInAllThings.com. One of my friends considers herself a Buddhist Catholic. So in my curiosity, I took it upon myself to read more about Buddhism, something I knew little about. After some reading of Buddhism for Dummies, I discovered some interesting parallels between that tradition and Ignatian spirituality. I want to point out that explicitly, these parallels do not involve God, even though implicitly, there may be a connection to a higher power. Buddhists do not believe in or worship God. Their practice is less religion and more a spirituality of living and discovering. Therefore, it can be applied to people of various religious traditions, which is why my friend can call herself a Buddhist Catholic. In fact, the Dalai Lama encourages people not to necessarily give up their own tradition. Ignatian spirituality, while rooted in Christian tradition, can also be applied to people of different religious traditions as a way of living one's life, seeking purpose, and finding where one fits. Its principles do not have to be exclusive to Christian believers. The Founders' Stories the Buddha, or Siddhartha as he was originally known, was born in northern India into nobility and his father, the king, wanted him to inherit the power of the throne. And he did all he could to ensure that this would happen. But Siddhartha was drawn to the outside world to discover deeper truths. After an encounter with a suffering sick person on the road, he resolved to renounce his royal life to discover a way to reduce the world's suffering. Saint Ignatius of Loyola was also born into nobility and had a promising life of power. After a cannonball shattered his knee on the battlefield, he lay in bed recovering. It was then he realized that there was more than the life paved out for him. The desire to seek the things of God reigned, so he left his life of nobility and started on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Ignatius and Siddhartha both exchanged their fine clothes for those of a beggar. Ignatius let his hair grow out, and Siddhartha cut his. Long hair was a sign of Indian royalty. Both lived for a while in self-denial and practiced strict asceticism, which left them both in great weakness. After a while, both came to see the extremes of their asceticism. Siddhartha found a middle way between this extreme of self-denial and self-indulgence. This kind of middle way, or mean, is also an important part of Ignatian spirituality. Awakening For St. Ignatius, his place of awakening came at the River Cardinaire in Manresa, Spain. His moment of vision was a deep clarity of all creation 
and it shone in a new light of meaning for him. All things seemed to come together in that moment, and for him, it was an experience of God. It was in Manresa where he composed the spiritual exercises, which was likely influenced by this enlightenment at the river. Siddhartha's moment came underneath a fig tree, also near a river. Under the Bodhi tree, as it is known, he came to enlightenment. It is said that the world held its breath in that moment. Clearly for the Buddha and for Ignatius, these were spiritual moments, though nearly two millennia apart. Just after Siddhartha's enlightenment, it is said that an evil demon named Mara came to tempt Siddhartha and seduce him with visions of many things of the world. Siddhartha touched the ground and said, The earth will bear witness to all my past action of purity. And Mara was swept away. Ignatius, during his life, had many encounters with what he would call the evil spirit. In his past life, he was tempted by women and prestige, but in great self-awareness, Ignatius learned how to counteract such evil temptations by following the good spirit. Freedom and Detachment Buddhism is often characterized for its teachings on detachment. The Buddha said that the source of suffering is our attachment to things, people, objects, expectations, delusions, I don't get what I want, and that if we can let go of such things, we will find enlightenment. It means things have no power over you. Attachment comes from within, therefore suffering comes from within, as the Buddhist tradition states. Siddhartha's renunciation of his former life and the cutting of his hair was more about detachment than about saying his former life was bad. Ignatian spirituality is often characterized for its freedom. Freedom is another term for detachment. Indifference is also a word that describes what we're talking about, not being attached to one thing or another but solely desiring the will of God. True freedom takes a lot of pressure off of us. When I find myself clinging to something, like a preferred outcome in the future, a relationship, an object, I soon discover that the clinging is the cause of my suffering, my anxiety. And that clinging originates from within. A disordered attachment in Ignatian language is something that I find myself clinging to in an unhealthy way, and in the Christian context, something that does not lead me to glorifying God. Meditation and Self-Awareness Both Buddhism and Ignatian spirituality say that prayer and meditation is necessary for any personal transformation to occur. Both traditions focus on the growing of self-awareness. Self-awareness must be gained before one can even begin to help and love others fully. As Jesus said, we must love our neighbor as ourself. But we must first use self-awareness 
to get to that love of self. Ignatian spirituality employs the well-known examine prayer, which lets us review the events of the day and how we reacted to various moments and what it might tell us. Ignatian discernment techniques also help us tap into our interior, where attachments and desires live. One could call self-awareness and self-learning becoming more human. Buddhism claims that the purpose of life is to become more human and that it can take many lifetimes to fully achieve that. A Buddhist method of meditation that is helpful in self-awareness is using your imagination to place yourself in a situation that causes you suffering, say with a person you don't like. You watch the scene unfold as an outsider. That is, you watch as a third party what goes on between you and the other person. You watch without judgment and simply see and learn, not trying to solve or figure out. Jesuit Anthony DeMello has similar meditations in his book, Sadhana, which I recommend. Through this observation, self-awareness grows and without effort, self-transformation slowly occurs. This method is very similar to imaginative prayer in the Ignatian tradition. Often imaginative prayer involves you as a character of a gospel scene, but it can be adapted to any situation, like the one I just described, and you can choose to be just an observer of the scene rather than participate in it. Or perhaps you wish to see the situation from another's eyes, like your enemy. Meditation and self-awareness, if practiced regularly, have a way of reducing our destructive habits by giving us new perspective. After all, much of our suffering comes from projecting our own distorted view on things. Mindfulness Buddhism's meditation techniques, like Ignatian spiritualities, also employ mindfulness. For example, one can sit for 10 or 20 minutes and simply focus on the breath coming into and out of one's nose. Meditation can also lead us to a mindful love and appreciation of the things around us, a butterfly, a strand of grass, our spouse, our job. Awareness like this is the root of the Ignatian principle of God in all things. There's a sacredness in everything. None of these things themselves cause suffering, since suffering does not originate from things, but rather human attachments and unfreedoms. The Buddha and Ignatius meant for their spiritualities to be applied to everyday life. The Buddha had promised himself that once he found the way out of suffering, he would share it with others so they could practice it. Mindfulness in our daily moments give way to this profound insight. Awareness of the world's suffering, our reactions, the reactions of others, and our brokenness can foster greater love and ethical living, or in Ignatius's terms, glorifying God. Mindfulness and self-awareness. These are the main and most important parallels between the spiritualities of Ignatius and the Buddha. Use what works.
As with methods in Ignatian spirituality, Buddhism says to use what works for you in meditation and leave the rest. Not every way is ideal for every person. Spiritualities are deeply personal and can be applied to many religious traditions and personal needs and situations. It is important to note that spirituality is often rooted in a particular historical tradition, but it flows into a personal context and becomes the context for one's life. Spirituality is rooted from within and reaches without. It's no surprise that Ignatian spirituality and Buddhism have certain parallels. For ages, human beings have been trying to make sense of their place in the universe and how they are to engage in it. For me, God is manifested in the multitude of spiritualities lived by people around the globe. And for my friend, her Buddhist spirituality seems to merge harmoniously with her Catholic spirituality without taking away her strong Catholic identity and tradition. And, like all spiritualities that offer hope for transformation, it takes practice of its methods and, most importantly, continuous reflection and awareness. For relevant resources on this topic, visit GodInAllThings.com.